The Biden administration grows ever more radical as it seeks to promote an alleged former eco-terrorist to high office, cram through a massive budget bill, and remask Americans. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. This show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. It's time to stand up to big tech. Protect your data at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, you'll remember that Joe Biden was elected on a couple of promises. One is that he would not be Donald Trump, which is a pretty easy promise to keep. All you have to do is not be Donald Trump. The other is that he would not be alive. And on one hand, he's kind of kept that promise because this president is not particularly sentient. Every so often he gets into a running gun battle with the teleprompter and then loses. Every so often it appears as though he's going to keel over in the middle of the sentence. On that score, he seems, you know, doddering, unthreatening. But one of the big promises of him not being particularly alive was going to be that he was not radical. And he was going to be a moderate. That's the reason he won the primaries against Bernie Sanders. It's the reason he won against President Trump. Again, the entire idea here is that Joe Biden was going to be a return to normalcy candidate, was going to unify Americans by ending radical moves. The problem for Joe Biden is that his entire administration is predicated. It sits atop the iceberg that is the Democratic Party. And that iceberg has been gradually drifting to the left. David Shore, who's a a statistician and economist, he's of the left. He points out that basically all change in terms of policy in terms of both parties, has come from the left since 2010. The the right, the Republican Party, has been basically stagnant in terms of its policy prescriptions and positions since 2010. The Democratic Party has been moving ever more steadily to the left. And people of the left have begun to acknowledge this. They've begun to acknowledge, yes, we're getting more radical. Now, what they say is our radicalism is justified and good, but there is no question that Joe Biden himself has moved to the left. And this administration, which promised to be a return to some semblance of normalcy, might be more normal in terms of Joe Biden not tweeting, but it is certainly less normal in terms of policy. This was always the great disconnect with Trump, is that Trump said crazy things all the time, but Trump's actual policy was mainstream Republican policy, very often embracing centrist policy in terms of spending proposals. His foreign policy was basically normal, hawkish Republican foreign policy, although with more of a a, a sort of isolationist bent than traditional American Republican foreign policy. His tax policy was very traditional Republican policy. His domestic regulatory policy was traditional Republican policy. Joe Biden, however, has stacked his administration with people who are radicals. His Democratic Party has decided to overthrow years, decades, actually, of bipartisan agreement on key issues. So, for example, Nancy Pelosi has announced that the Democratic Party is going to ram through a revision of the Hyde Amendment. The Hyde Amendment has been an agreement between Democrats and Republicans that regardless of where you stand on abortion, federal tax dollars should not be used for individual abortions. Federal tax dollars, if you're going to spend them at Planned Parenthood, they're supposed to be used to cover Planned Parenthood's front office. Now, we all understand that there's a little bit of a, of a legal lie going on here, that money is fungible. If you send Planned Parenthood money to cover its front office staff, then all the money they were going to use for their front office staff, they're now going to use for abortions. But at least the idea was that there was an agreement between Republicans and Democrats that abortion should not be federally funded. Democrats, however, have decided that abortion is an overt good. It is not that abortion ought to be safe, legal, and rare, as in the Clinton days, which at least allowed for the possibility of some crossover between left and right on abortion policy. Because after all, if the left acknowledges that abortion is a moral tragedy, then even if they want it to remain legal, they are not at least, quote unquote, pro-abortion. But the Democratic Party has now embraced on abortion the sort of shout your abortion idea. Be proud of your abortion. Abortion isn't merely a horrible thing that sometimes is necessary, as Democrats used to argue. Now, abortion is a point of pride. You can't actually... Usher yourself into the full flower of womanhood, another word that has no meaning, according to the Democrats, unless you have an abortion. Lena Dunham said this uh, fairly openly a few years ago when she said she wishes she had had an abortion so that she could 
have really enjoyed the, the full freedoms of the law. Well, Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden, both of whom used to basically go along with the consensus view that federal taxpayer dollars should not be used for abortion. Now they've reversed themselves. Joe Biden did it a couple of years ago. He had said that he was in favor of the Hyde Amendment. Then he reversed himself because he needed to move to the left. Now Nancy Pelosi is saying the same thing. Now, one of the great, I think, annoyances for many Catholics in the country watching Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi say this stuff is that very often they say this stuff in the name of Catholicism. And I'm going to go with the Pope and Jesus, not super huge on abortion. I don't have to be a Christianity expert to point out that, that abortion has been sort of a major issue for the Catholic Church since literally the entire Catholic Church. But here's Nancy Pelosi making the case that abortion is actually a, a positive good. Taxpayers should fund abortion. She starts off by talking about her Catholic faith, and then she's like, ah, my Catholic faith. And she just kind of throws it out the window. Here we go. As a devout Catholic and mother of five and six years, uh, I uh, feel that God blessed my husband and me with our beautiful family, five children, six years almost to the day. But that may not be what we should. It's not up to me to dictate that that's what other people should do. And it's an issue of of fairness and uh, justice for poor women in, in our country. It's an issue of of fairness and justice that poor women should be able to kill babies in the womb. Sure, my husband and I were blessed by God with these five or six kids. But if we've been if we've been poor and if we just want to kill one of them, well, who are we to judge? So the Democratic Party, in terms of policy, has moved in pretty radical directions here. And, And it's been true throughout the Biden administration. This is why they've embraced, quote unquote, equity as the core of all of the things they do from NASA to commerce, from education to the Department of the Interior, from transportation to whatever is Joe Biden's policy prescription of the day. It's all equity. And equity, of course, is a code word for group social justice on the basis of race. Okay, this has been embraced by the entire Obama, admi- but I say Obama, but it really is the Biden administration, which is the third part of the Obama administration. Here's Gina Raimondo, Biden's commerce secretary yesterday, saying that equity is at the core of her commerce strategy, which, again, I don't know why. It's not the Department of Equity. In fact, the Department of Equity would be unconstitutional because equity itself as a concept violates the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. But here is here is Gina Raimondo claiming that equity ought to be at the center of commerce. Our number one investment priority is equity. And as our team decides which these are this is a competitive grant process. Uh, By the way, I think that the fact of a competition will help communities to come together as a community and and put their best ideas forward. In order to qualify to get the money, you have to prove to us that equity, you'll have an equity lens. Okay, that's insane. So she's saying we have a competitive process, but the competitive process is not about best product, lowest price, which normally when you're negotiating on the behalf of taxpayers for grant money, that's usually the process. Now, the process is about, can you prove to us that you mirror our political priorities? Can you prove to us that you're committed to equity? And by equity, we mean you have a certain number of black people on your board and we have a certain number of gay people on your board. That's, that's how we're going to make sure that equity is assured. Right? This is very radical stuff from the federal government. And the federal government not only has no business doing this, it's pretty clearly violative of constitutional principles. First of all, it should be violative of constitutional principles to force taxpayers to pay for abortions. It should also, it's clearly violative of constitutional principles federal principles, as well as the Civil Rights Act of 1964, to suggest that the federal government can dole out money to particular businesses based on how many people of a particular melanin level are on their board. I'm unaware of a time in American history where the people who are stumping in favor of racial discrimination 
are the good guys. But this is the Biden administration. And they have at the top this man approaching senility who is able to put sort of a friendly face on this sort of stuff. But the underlying policy is really, really radical. And many of the people who are staffing the administration are really radical. It's kind of amazing the kinds of people who have been staffed in this administration. I mean, we've seen the DOJ staffed by absolute radicals. I mean, people who have written extraordinarily racially radical things, people who have been openly opposed to policing, now staffing up the Civil Rights Division of the DOJ. Now we have a nominee to lead the Bureau of Land Management, right, which is all about negotiating the needs of people like ranchers and farmers who have to use the land in order to produce. And the and the federal government's vast oversight of huge quantities of land. Like people, I think, don't have any idea of how much control the, the Bureau of Land Management has over various swaths of states. They, they have oversight of 247.3 million acres. <laughs> 247.3 million acres. And the amount of land they have control of in each state is utterly crazy. I mean, if you look at the map, basically it's the entirety of the state of Nevada. BLM has control not Black Lives Matter, the Bureau of Land Management, has control over nearly all of Nevada. It has huge control over Arizona. It has big control over New Mexico. I mean, if if you look at the map, it really is amazing. Like once you get to the west of Nebraska, pretty much half the country is under the control of the Bureau of Land Management. Huge swaths of California, huge swaths of Idaho, huge swaths of Oregon, two thirds of Wyoming. Right, So the Bureau of Land Management is a pretty important position. So running the Bureau of Land Management, you don't want somebody who's, for example, an environmental radical. Because if you have somebody who's an environmental radical and in charge of the Bureau of Land Management, presumably that person is going to crack down on the ability of farmers and ranchers to do what they want to do. You'll remember that it was exactly this sort of conflict that led to the standoff with the Bundy family in Nevada. You remember this. Well, now, who's Joe Biden nominating to be the head of the Bureau of Land Management? It's a woman named Tracy Stone. So who the hell is Tracy Stone? It turns out that Tracy Stone, when in the 1980s, she worked with essentially an eco-terrorist group. And what they used to do is spike trees. So spiking trees was something that radical environmentalists would do in areas that were about to be used for lumber. They would go in and they would nail nails. They would spike the trees. They would put spikes, metal spikes into the trees in order to break the saws and presumably injure and harm the people who are attempting to cut down the trees because the trees were more important than the people. According to the Washington Post, one spring day in 1989, Tracy Stone rented a typewriter from the University of Montana Library and began to retype a letter. The typewriter was to avoid using her personal computer. The letter was an anonymous warning to the U.S. Forest Service that someone had hammered hundreds of metal spikes into trees in an Idaho forest that was slated to be cut down for timber. An acquaintance in her circle of young environmentalists had asked her to send it. After fixing a few spelling mistakes and removing some profanity, Stone dropped it in the mail. It was a decision that has followed her, now Tracy Stone Manning, for more than 30 years. Through her rise in Montana politics to become one of the country's most prominent environmentalists and public land experts. And now President Biden's nominee to lead the Bureau of Land Management. The letter led to law enforcement raids on student houses and a grand jury investigation. Her testimony in the subsequent trial would help send two people to federal prison. Now that Stone Manning's nomination is in the Senate, Republican opponents have seized on the... It's pouncing. It's pouncing. Okay, so the fact that you have an environmental radical, so radical that she was working with people to spike trees, possibly kill loggers. Her nomination is just another Republican seizing moment, Republican pouncing moment. Senator John Barrasso, Republican of Wyoming, who's on the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee, he said Tracy Stone Manning collaborated with eco-terrorists. A Bureau of Land Management director during the Obama administration, Bob Abbey, 
also said he opposed her confirmation. Okay, again, this is an Obama administration official because of her involvement in the tree spiking incident and quote, the fact that her initial silence put people at risk. Apparently, she did not cooperate with prosecutors in that case. However, Jeff Fairchild, who spent two months in federal prison for the tree spiking, said in a phone interview, quote, other than the mailing of the letter, Tracy knew nothing and was not involved. She was a bridge builder. She was a moderating voice in every discussion. She was always the one to say, hey, look, loggers have families too. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then why did she send a letter trying to explain to people that the trees had been spiked. By the way, here is here is what the um, actual letter says, Okay, in case you were wondering. Again, she wrote this, she, she, or at least transcribed it. Quote, to whom it may concern, this letter is being sent to notify you that the post office sale in Idaho has been spiked heavily. The reasoning for this action is that this place, this piece of land is very special to the earth. It is home to the elk, deer, mountain lions, birds, and especially the trees. She's like the Lorax, she speaks for the trees. The project required that 11 of us spend nine days in god-awful weather conditions spiking trees. We unloaded a total of 500 pounds of spikes measuring eight to 10 inches in length. The sails were marked so no workers would be injured. And so you a-holes know that they are spiked. The majority of trees were spiked within the first 10 feet. Many, many others were spiked as high as 150 feet. I'd be more than willing to pay you a dollar for the sale, but you would have to find me first. And that could be your worst nightmare. Sincerely, George Hayduke. P.S. You bastards go in there anyway, and a lot of people could get hurt. Again, this is pretty wild stuff. And her history is, I think, pretty dispositive of the fact. I mean, this is not somebody who's just a radical in college, right? This is somebody who's actively working with an eco-terrorist group. But according to the Biden administration, this is a great nominee. And by the way, her, her, her actual vote has now emerged to the full Senate on a 10-10 vote, on a party line vote in this particular committee. We'll get to more of this in just one second first. There are a thousand reasons why protecting our home matters to me. If somebody stops by or something is going on outdoors around the house, Ring will let me know. It's peace of mind anytime knowing our home is protected. Ring has a special offer for you right now. Go to ring.com forward slash Ben. It is the perfect way to start your Ring experience. With Ring's home security system, when anyone stops by or you sense something going on outdoors around the house, you know Ring has every corner of your home covered. One of the best benefits, you install the products yourself. The process is hassle-free. Your whole home is protected with easy-to-install indoor and outdoor cams, and get this, the cams work seamlessly with Ring Alarm. You see what's happening from anywhere all in one very simple app. It's never been more important to have a reliable home security system. I'm pleased my family and I can keep an eye on our home no matter where we are right from our phone and know when those packages are delivered. Protect your home anytime, anywhere with Ring Alarm. Go to ring.com slash Ben for a special offer on a Ring Alarm security kit. You can build the system right for your home, have it up and running in minutes. My wife and I have Ring Alarm all over our house. We have the the cameras. We make sure that we can keep an eye on our kids. We want to know what's going on in our property. Even when we're out of town, Ring makes it happen for us. They can do the same for you. Ring.com slash Ben. Once more, that is ring.com slash Ben. So again, the, the notion that the Biden administration is going to be elevating to high position as the head of the Bureau of Land Management, there are all these government agencies that honestly have so much unbelievable power that you've never heard of. Like how many people, particularly in big cities, have ever heard of the Bureau of Land Management? Not many. But if you are a rancher, if you're a logger, if you're a farmer, if you're anybody who has to do anything with the land anywhere west of Nebraska, then not only have you heard of the Bureau of Land Management, they basically can wreck your life. And the person that the Biden administration wants to elevate to this position of unbelievable power is a person who used to spike trees on behalf of radical environmentalists, or at least defend those who are spiking trees. The atmosphere was so tense at the 1993 trial of these eco-terrorists in the conservative city of Spokane, Washington, where Stone Manning testified, defendants were given bulletproof vests to get to the courthouse. Stone Manning has long offered a simple defense for her decision to mail the anonymous letter on the sabotage in the Clearwater National Forest about two hours from campus. 
because I wanted people to know the trees were spiked, she testified. I didn't want anybody getting hurt as a result of trees being spiked. The four-paragraph letter she mailed put it a lot more, br- a lot more bluntly. Jake Krelick met Stone Manning in Washington in 1988, according to the Washington Post, before she moved to Missoula, when they were both interns at the National Wildlife Federation. A child of the Beltway who grew up in Silver Spring, Stone Manning had majored in radio, film, and TV as an undergrad at University of Maryland. But she was passionate about environmental issues, Krelick recalled, and once she enrolled in the University of Montana's Environmental Studies program, she became active alongside him in a local branch of Earth First. The group had a reputation for extreme Frontline environmental activism in opposition to logging, dam building, and other development that threatened wilderness habitat. Tactics included civil disobedience and vandalism. Activists chained themselves to heavy machinery, laid down before bulldozers, and cut power lines. Their slogan, no compromise in defense of Mother Earth. Mother Earth. Krelick's Earth First debut occurred in the winter of 1985 when he and others barged into the office of Yellowstone National Park Superintendent Bob Barbie, carrying buffalo dung and a Don't Tread on Me flag to protest the expansion of a campground and RV park into grizzly bear habitat. He would get arrested several more times. Recalled Krelick, quote, Stone Manning was a spokesperson and someone who was obviously very articulate and knew how to work with the media. Certainly, she was philosophically aligned with what our goals were, which was to protect the last wilderness areas in the northern Rockies. Okay, so Senator John Barrasso went after Tracy Stone Manning in, his, in, in her questioning the other day. And of course, he is exactly right. Tracy Stone Manning collaborated with eco-terrorists. She lied to this committee, and she continues to harbor extremist views most Americans find reprehensible. She is thoroughly disqualified from holding the important position of director of the Bureau of Land Management. In 1989, while a grad student in Montana, Tracy Stone Manning collaborated with eco-terrorists who had hammered hundreds of metal spikes into trees in a national forest. By the way, she did lie to the Senate. According to John Barrasso, Ms. Stone Manning claimed she had, quote, never been arrested or charged, and to my knowledge, the target of such an investigation? That's not true. According to court documents and news reports, Stone Manning was investigated in 1989 federal probe of the tree spiking conspiracy. She was subpoenaed to provide physical evidence, including hair samples. She admitted in 1990 she was an investigative target. Her experience, she said, was, quote, degrading. It changed my awareness of the power of government. Yes, this was happening to me and not someone in Panama. Stone Manning also claimed she later testified in a trial that resulted in the conviction of a responsible individual. That's part of the story, but the reality is she did not cooperate with investigators. A retired federal law enforcement agent who was the lead investigator for the crime wrote to the Senate saying she helped plan the spiking and was a target of the investigation and refused to do anything to help. Her intransigence set the probe back by years. Only after she was caught and offered immunity did she agree to testify against one of the spikers in 1993. And this is who Joe Biden believes would be an excellent pick to lead up the Bureau of Land Management. Because again, it's a radical administration. Some of us warned about this before uh, the election of Joe Biden, but some people did not listen. Meanwhile, the Democrats continue to ram forward their massive spending plans. So there are a couple of things that are on the table right now. There is the Senate bipartisan infrastructure plan in which you have Senator Mitt Romney, Senator Rob Portman, who have signed on to this sort of thing. And the idea here is $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure plan. But the Biden administration has made extraordinarily clear their actual plans here. Anything that doesn't make it into the $1.2 trillion quote-unquote bipartisan plan gets squeezed on over into the $3.5 trillion budget plan. And it turns out that Bernie Sanders is in control of that process because he and his fellow radical senators and his fellow radicals in the House have decided they're going to hold up the giant Democrat-only infrastructure plan unless it grows even more. According to CNBC, 
The Republicans working to craft the $1.2 trillion proposal voted Wednesday against advancing it as they draft final legislation. For some odd reason, Chuck Schumer decided he was going to bring up the legislation for a vote before it had even been drafted. Despite the setback, the 22 Democratic and GOP senators drawing up the bill said they hope to release and push ahead a bill in the coming days. According to CNBC, the vote leaves President Joe Biden's top legislative priority in flux. If the bipartisan deal to revamp transportation, broadband and utilities falls apart, Democrats will have to consider whether to pair physical infrastructure plans with their separate $3.5 trillion package to address climate change, health care and child care. Asked Wednesday during a CNN town hall, Biden said he thinks the Senate will vote Monday to advance the bipartisan framework he negotiated with the senators. And the question here is, how much do you trust Joe Manchin? Because, of course, this is going to come down to Joe Manchin. Why Republicans would work with Democrats if Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema are just going to vote party line in order to advance the inflated bill along with the bipartisan bill? I don't know why Republicans would provide any level of cover for that. But here's the thing. Democrats have no doubt about this. They're just going to ram this forward regardless. Representative Kathleen, Catherine Clark, Democrat of Connecticut, she says, yeah, we're going to pass infrastructure pretty much no matter what. They are going to pass because that is what the American people sent us here to do. They said to us in 2020, we want action. We want to be at the center of the priorities again. That's why Democrats won the White House, the House and the Senate. It is not going to be easy. Our margins are slim. But what we have in abundance is a commitment to getting this done. Okay, so. Is this actually going to be good for the economy? Here is where the radicalism comes in. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let's talk about a simple fact. When you start a business, you really don't think about HR because who does? HR is Toby from the office. But if you don't actually think about HR, it can absolutely crush your business. It could come back to haunt you. You need to have great HR policy from the very beginning. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations. You got to make sure you've got all of that taken care of. And HR manager salaries can be like 70 grand a year. Instead, head on over to Bambi. Bambi is spelled B-A-M-B-E-E. It was created specifically for small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, maintain your compliance, all for just 99 bucks a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding determinations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day all for just 99 bucks a month. They're month-to-month, no hidden fees, you can cancel anytime. You didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance. Let Bambi help. Get your free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com slash Shapiro right now. Schedule that free HR audit. That is B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash Shapiro. Spell B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash Shapiro. Okay, so how radical is the Democratic budget policy? Joe Manchin is, is pretty skittish on it. Here was the senator from West Virginia yesterday saying, listen, I, you know, there are a bunch of Democrats trying to hold up this giant budget bill because they want more. I don't know what they're talking about. Here's Joe Manchin yesterday. How concerned are you about the, what your party is talking about, about climate change and what that means for your well, industry? Well, thing, we, we have a difference. You know that. You've you heard me talk on that. I'm an all-in policy. I'm all-in energy. We have to have everything. The United States of America has to be energy independent. Well, what they're proposing, is that going to decimate your industry? Well, what they're proposing, the, the, the timing of what they're proposing would make it almost impossible to achieve that. Okay, look, again, these policies are really radical, but Joe Biden wants his world-beating policy because he knows that by the end of 2022, he ain't going to be in control of the House anymore. The Republicans have a really, really good shot at taking back the House in 2022 and increasingly a good shot at retaining the Senate as well, or taking it back, rather. I think that Democrats are going to lose their seat in Georgia. There's a very close race in New Hampshire. It looks like Democrats are slated to lose that seat as well. There's a lot of talk about Wisconsin. Senator Ron Johnson, who 
has made some mistakes, but has overall been a pretty good senator from Wisconsin. He's been talking about how he might not want to run. There are a bunch of other Republicans in Wisconsin who are pretty popular, like Representative Mike Gallagher. He might run for the Senate in Wisconsin, in which case you could be looking at a full Republican Congress by the end of 2022, which means that Joe Biden needs to get his world-beating plans through right now. Joe Biden also understands he is in all likelihood the the single term a single term president because frankly the man is in decline it is clear that he is in decline he cannot hold it together i mean it, it is pretty incredible it, the the running gun battle with the teleprompter just it, it continues each and every day he's just incoherent he doesn't make any sense and so what that means is if he wants to go down in history as a, as a successful one term president he knows that the way the historians write the record books the more you spend the more the historians love you it is just a fact and it is unbelievable. It's an unbelievable fact, actually. If you look at how historians rank presidents in the 20th century, the way they tend to rank presidents in the 20th century is the more you spend, the better you were. Incredibly enough, if you look at how historians rank the presidents of the 1920s, the 1920s were an excellent decade for the United States. The 1920s were called the Roaring Twenties for a reason. Yet, Calvin Coolidge, Warren Harding, these were terrible presidents. FDR, who presided over the worst depression in American history with crappy economic policy pulled directly from his colon, he is considered like the best president of the 20th century. And the other transformative president is the guy who led us into Vietnam, led to the morass of the war on poverty, spending $22 trillion over the subsequent half century, and led to the societal breakdown of all possible coherence in the United States, LBJ. So, it, but historians love the guy. So Joe Biden knows this. And because Joe Biden, because Joe Biden knows this, he's like, okay, I'm going to spend up the wazoo and I'm going to pretend that the consequences that attend to spending are not in fact a big deal. Now, Here's the thing. Most Americans are not in on this. So MSNBC, they, they did a swing voter panel the other day. And then, remember, this is an MSNBC swing voter panel. So this is not a right-wing panel. The MSNBC swing voter panel was like, yeah, these spending plans are crazy. We don't need that. We're in the middle of an economic recovery that should be naturally occurring. And if it weren't for the media scaring the living hell out of everybody about the Delta variant, would be even more naturally occurring. We'll get to the Delta variants in just one second. But the swing voters are looking at Joe Biden's spending plans like this doesn't make any sense at all. What are you doing? I want to give you some findings that really just get to um, the, the public's collective unease. With Once you start getting to those numbers, we asked a question where we said, if there was that level of spending, what would concern you? And here's what we got. We got 74% would be concerned with runaway inflation, 78% that it would be higher taxes on them personally down the line, 69% lower growth, 69% a negative impact on my family's finances. Okay, those are terrible stats for Joe Biden. Remember, that's a panel of swing voters, not Democrats and not Republicans, swing voters. Those are huge numbers. It's Ryan Clancy from No Labels talking about that. So what are the Democrats doing? They're pushing full head, Full, full forward, ahead, all speed. So Janet Yellen, who's the Treasury Secretary, she's, by the way, now changed her tune. She cautioned on Thursday that prices could continue to rise for several more months. Okay, so remember, at the beginning of the year, they were saying it'll be mild inflation, mild inflation. Now the inflation is like 5%. It's at a 5% rate over the prior year, and it's increasing like every single month. You can't get lumber. You can't get workers. The unemployment rates actually spiked. They're actually going up. More people are claiming unemployment now than they were before, like as of like last month. And yet Joe Biden continues to push forward with his plans. It really is an amazing thing. Remember, Janet Yellen went from inflation is not a big deal and will go away very, very fast. It's transitory to inflation might be around a little longer than you want to. Yeah, inflation is just a part of life now. She said during a closing bell interview on CNBC, quote, we will have several more months of rapid inflation. I'm not saying this is a one-month phenomenon. I think over the medium term, we'll see inflation decline back toward normal levels. But of course, 
we have to keep a careful eye on it. Well, the problem is once inflation starts to run out of control, you're going to get economic contraction because if inflation starts to run out of control and the Fed is already at 0% essentially, when they raise the rates, what do you think is going to happen? It's going to make lending harder, but it's going to make lending harder at a time when the prices are higher, which leads to a slowing of the economy. Once you start to superheat the economy, this is the problem with central banks taking control of economic policy. Once they're in control of economic policy and they've shot their, uh, and they've shot their wad, they've used all their ammo, there's nothing more they can do. If the economy just starts to stagnate, they really have no choice. This is how you end up with stagflation, 1970s-style stagflation. And everybody knows it at this point. That's what's truly amazing. And you're starting to see the signs very, very early. Like right now, you can see that the unemployment statistics are beginning to actually climb, oddly enough. Now, there's no reason for that. We have 10 million open jobs. We have 10 million open jobs in the country right now and not enough people to fill them. People are just not even applying for the jobs. And yet, according to CNBC, the U.S. jobless claims showed a surprising gain. This is just a couple of days ago. Weekly jobless claims unexpectedly moved higher last week despite hopes that the U.S. labor market is poised for a strong recovery heading into the fall. Initial filings for unemployment insurance totaled 419000 for the week ending July 17th, well above the 350000 Dow Jones estimate and more than the upwardly revised 368000 from the previous period, the Labor Department reported on Thursday. Government bond yields edged lower. Wall Street pointed to a negative open. The jobless count was the highest weekly count since May 15th. Again, remember, we're supposed to be getting people back to work. Now, even Joe Biden is having to admit some truths here. So Biden admitted the other day that, uh, yeah, unemployment benefits probably have kept people from working. There's some evidence that maintaining the ability to continue not to not have your have to pay your rent so you don't get thrown out and being able to provide for unemployment insurance has kept people from going back to work. There's no not much distinction between not going back to work in a restaurant and not going back to work at a, at a factory. Uh, so people are looking to change opportunities, change what they're doing. Okay, but meanwhile, Joe Biden is also just lying about his own policy. So Joe Biden said at the CNN town hall, which, by the way, had the worst ratings of pretty much anything on cable TV because no one wants to watch a guy be asked questions about what, what his flavor of ice cream is, like what, what's his favorite flavor of ice cream. Here is Joe Biden being asked about his spending bills and inflation. Again, his own treasury secretary says, we're going to look at many more months of rapid inflation. Here's Joe Biden being like, no, no, no. My spending bills are going to bring down inflation, which is real galaxy brain type stuff here. Moody's today, when our Wall Street firm, not some liberal think tank, said, if we pass the other two things I'm trying to get done, we will, in fact, reduce inflation, reduce inflation, reduce inflation, because they're going to be providing good opportunities and jobs for people who, in fact, are going to be reinvesting that money back in all the things we're talking about, driving down prices, not raising prices. Um, no, Moody's did not say that, by the way. He's not even telling the truth there. What Moody said is they think that inflation will be transitory and will eventually go away. But they did not say that inflation is going to be reduced by spending money. Okay, when he says that if we blow money into the economy, it's going to reduce inflation, that is like me saying that if I eat 10,000 calories a day, I'm going to lose weight. There's no way that works. The, def the definition of inflation is more money chasing fewer products. If you create the more money, you create the inflation. Everyone understands this. Everybody knows this, except apparently Joe Biden, who's just a, I will say, he has been for nearly his entire career, a very, very smooth liar. I remember when he debated Paul Ryan, he just would say things in, in 2012 that were overtly untrue. I mean, clearly untrue 
but he would say them with the weird Joker smile, the Cesar Romero, and everybody would go, oh, it must be true. Well, what he just said there makes no sense at all. It is absolutely incoherent, but it's okay. We don't expect coherence from this president. Here is the president of the United States also oddly bragging about Delaware's corporate record. He's talking about how he knows how business operates because a lot of businesses incorporate in Delaware. You know why businesses incorporate in Delaware? I know because I have businesses incorporated in Delaware. You know why businesses incorporate in Delaware? Because Delaware, for many businesses, does not have corporate tax. Also, Delaware has very predictable rules of the road, which is why people incorporate in Delaware in the first place. In fact, all the things that Joe Biden hates about Delaware are the things that make Delaware successful in terms of being an incorporation center for many businesses in the United States. Here's Joe Biden talking about Delaware, even though, again, he's had nothing to do with the formation of state law in Delaware that has made it a corporate haven. We have more corporations registered in Delaware than all the rest of America combined, combined, combined. I represented for 36 years. I've never seen a time when we have the middle class growing that the wealthy didn't do very, very, very well. Okay, I I know that his, his new mode of communication, because the brain is not working all that fast, is just to repeat, 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 words, 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 over and over and over. Right. It's going inflation is going to be reduced, reduced, reduced. (laughs) Okay, dude, no matter how many times you say it, it just ain't true. It just ain't true. I am amused, by the way, by some of the creative proposals that are now being put forward by folks on the left to tamp down inflation and, and fight the reality, which is that people are looking for other sources for investment value other than the United States dollar and bonds. One of the reasons, by the way, that Democrats are very skittish about Bitcoin, for example, is because Bitcoin is a repository of value that is not tied to the United States dollar. So they're very scared of Bitcoin. They're very scared of the idea that there could be theoretically a cryptocurrency that people could trade in without reference to the United States dollar, could debase the United States dollar as actually the the reserve currency if it were allowed to run out of control, which is why governments are starting to crack down on it. But the solution that is now being proposed which is a sort of Fed coin. Why would I possibly invest in a Fed coin when they can just inflate the Fed coin? That's the same thing as investing in the dollar. Why would I do that? I'm not going to invest in anything that can be manipulated by the central bank. It's precisely for that reason that Bitcoin was created in the first place, that cryptocurrencies were created in the first place. There will be flight like you've never seen to crypto if the, if the Democrats keep this sort of stuff up. It really is an amazing thing that the solution to failed government policy is always, what if we just manipulated the government policy more? In fact, if you don't like how we're manipulating the dollar right now, if you don't like how we're manipulating the, the level of money in the economy right now, wait until we offer the same thing to you, but digitally. Hell of a pitch there. Okay, in just a second, we'll get to the radical democratic COVID policy, which continues to be utterly disconnected from reality. Get to that in just one moment first. You've heard me talk a lot of weeks about how much I love my pillow product, right? Well, now my pillow is not just making pillows and they're not just making sheets. They're changing the game with their six-piece towel set. The set is made with USA cotton, makes it extremely absorbent. It's still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with a two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths, typically retailing for $109.99. For a limited time, you can get this set for the very low price of $39.99. So from $109.99 to $39.99, that is a hell of a discount. In fact, let me do the quick calculation. It's over 60% in savings. Always remember, all my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You don't have anything to lose. They come in a variety of colors and sizes. They're the best towels I've used in years. They really are great, okay? If, if you need like a, a nice, soft, absorbent towel, let me tell you, 
MyPillow towels, excellent stuff. You've heard me talk about MyPillow's amazing pillows and sheets now. They've perfected towels as well. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code DAILYWIRE at checkout or call 800-651-1148. You'll receive this amazing six-piece towel set for just $39.99. That is MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square, use promo code DAILYWIRE. Again, call 1-800-651-1148. Use promo code DAILYWIRE. Go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use that promo code DAILYWIRE. Also, my newest book, Authoritarian Moment, the Authoritarian Moment. It's about to hit shelves this Tuesday, July 27th. You need to buy it right now. But here's a special deal for you. I've been getting a lot of emails about how do I get a signed copy? Here's how. If you haven't purchased your copy yet, you can get a limited edition signed book for just 30 bucks at dailywire.com slash Ben. It's a pretty good deal if you ask me, especially because I will be doing a live streamed book signing and Q&A this coming Tuesday. You can submit a question right now when you go to purchase your signed copy. When you do, you'll be asked to type in a question at checkout and then Watch Tuesday's live signing to see if I answer your question. Watch me sign your book. If I don't get to your question, don't worry. You'll still get your signed copy anyway. What are you waiting for? Add to your signed books collection by going to dailywire.com slash Ben right now. It's also a better investment value than U.S. bonds. As the establishment media becomes increasingly beholden to the leftist narrative, by the way, it's important that there's still a space for conservative voices. And that is why we have launched the highly successful show, The Morning Wire. It's the morning podcast that values your time and the truth. We're excited to see our listeners already understand this. The podcast just launched this week. It is number two on Apple overall, number 11 on Spotify. Before the weekend, we want it to be number one. So subscribe now to Morning Wire on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. It's brought to you by Daily Wire Editor-in-Chief John Bickley. I trust John so much that I literally handed over my Editor-in-Chief slots to John, right? And he runs it along with co-host Georgia Howe. Morning Wire will wake you up with the latest developments in politics, sports, culture, education, all with a heavy emphasis on the facts in 15 bite-sized minutes. It's everything you need to know about the day in news in 15 minutes, perfect for your daily commute. So again, subscribe to Morning Wire on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a beat. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. Tell the podcast platforms that conservative news belongs number one on the charts. You're listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Well, meanwhile, the Biden administration continues to pursue radical policy with regard to masking. I mean, it truly is an amazing, amazing thing. Okay, so here are your latest stats with regard to vaccinations and COVID. Because what you're hearing from the media is that COVID breakthroughs with regard to vaccination are happening all the time. And not only are they happening all the time, people are getting super sick or dying from COVID even after they've been vaccinated. And all this does, it's amazing. The same media who are screaming at Republicans, why don't you get vaccinated, are putting out headlines routinely talking about how people who are vaccinated must wear masks because God forbid, even if you're vaccinated, you might get the disease and you might die. Okay, now the reality is, statistically speaking, you are extraordinarily unlikely to get seriously ill or die from COVID after you've been double vaxxed. Once you've been double vaxxed, you're in pretty good shape. Okay, I'm gonna give you the stats right now. This is according to the New York Times. As of July 12th, more than 159 million people in the United States had been fully vaccinated against COVID-19. Of those 159 million people, just 5,492 had breakthrough cases that resulted in serious illnesses, including 1,000 who died. That is less than 0.0007% of the vaccinated population. Meanwhile, 99% of deaths from COVID-19 are among the unvaccinated. Okay, so what that means is that vaccination is extraordinarily powerful. It has done really well. And masking ain't going to change the trajectory of this thing. Vaccination is going to change the trajectory of this thing. Because once you're vaccinated, you're pretty much done. I've been saying this for a long time. And if you're a kid, 
Right now, they're talking about masking kids up again, which is nuts. Okay, I'm sorry, it's crazy. I have small kids. They should not be masking. The reason they should not be masking is because, number one, they can't wear masks properly. Number two, wearing a mask for a small child is actually kind of damaging. It restricts their oxygen intake. Number three, they're dirty. They're gross. Have you seen a kid wear a mask? Kids are dirty and gross anyway. I have three of them. And now they've got a piece of cloth under their face they're spitting into all day. Okay, you're talking about, for kids, a disease that is not extremely dangerous. You're talking about a disease that has killed 340 kids nationwide under the age of 18. That is a cohort of 75 million people with a much wider diagnosis of COVID than you get in a typical flu season. So when people say, well, yeah, fewer people die of the flu each year if they're kids than die of COVID, that's because fewer people get the flu than get COVID because COVID is much more transmissible than the traditional influenza that people have in the winter, for example. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, not only do blinds enhance the aesthetic appeal of your home, they also offer practical benefits. By effectively blocking out harmful UV rays, they help protect your furniture and flooring from fading, ensuring your interiors retain their beauty for years to come. Their insulating properties help regulate the temperature inside your home, keeping it comfortable year-round while potentially reducing your energy bills. With over 40,000 five-star reviews, Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. You can measure and install them yourself or have Blinds.com send local professionals to take care of the installation for you. There's no showroom, no retail markets, no matter how many order installation is just one low cost. And if you don't have an eye for design, Blinds.com experts are always available to help choose the style and color right for you. Everything they sell is covered by their perfect fit and 100% satisfaction guarantee. With hundreds of styles and colors to choose from, Blinds.com is sure to have the perfect treatments for your windows. Shop Blinds.com's anniversary sale right now through March 13th for up to 50% off. Again, save up to 50% off for limited time at Blinds.com. And when you check out, don't forget to tell them you heard about them at The Ben Shapiro Show. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, bottom line is the real reason they're telling kids to mask up is to protect adults. Okay, here's the thing. If you're an adult and you didn't get the vaccine, my kid should not have to mask because you didn't get the vaccine. That's your decision. You're free to make it. And by the way, I have lots of friends. I know lots of people who have not gotten the vaccine. Their reasons range from the spurious to the somewhat understandable, right? Some of them are like, well, you know, the vaccine is going to kill. No, it's, it's in all likelihood not going to kill you, okay? Also, and when I say in all likelihood, I mean vanishingly small numbers of people is there evidence that the vaccines have killed them? Okay, it, it, not a million people. Very, very, very few people. Okay. And then there are people who say something else, which is, I'm young, I'm healthy. COVID is not likely to kill me. The vaccines are not likely to kill me. The vaccines don't even have full FDA authorization at this point. There's still emergency use authorization. I'm 21. I've weighed the balances. And I think that the risks of taking the vaccine long-term maybe outweigh the risks of me even getting COVID. All right, if that's your decision, that's your decision. But the point is, my kid should not have to mask for your decision because that's really dumb. That's really, really dumb. Okay, so for example, you have CNN's Dr. Liana Wen, and she is saying the mask mandates will have to come. Here is Dr. Liana Wen saying this on CNN. The CDC in the first place made the right decision when it comes to the science, but they didn't take into account human behavior. And I think there's something that there's one thing the Biden administration can be doing right now that would change the equation when it comes to incentives, and Mm -hmm. that's to use proof of vaccination. If they could say, get the vaccine, you have a proof of vaccination, you can take off your mask. That would be really key. And I also think that vaccine mandates are something that will have to come. So she says we have to have vaccine mandates and that we need proof of vaccination. Or alternatively, if you had the vaccine, you're a responsible adult. And if you didn't have the vaccine, you can do what you want. And it's not our job to save you. right? It's not, it's not our job to construct all of society so that we can make an excuse for the decision you made. And most people, by the way, who don't get the vaccine are perfectly willing to live with that decision. It's really, by the way, amusing to watch the left shift on this. So the left has gone fully to, if you don't get the vaccine 
I mean, I've heard this from many people on the left, people with whom I'm friends. If you don't get the vaccine and then you get sick from COVID, we shouldn't have to pay your bills. And I think to myself, all right, that's fair enough. How about that for the entire health system? Glad to see you here on the libertarian side, gang. Because it turns out a lot of people have heart disease because they ate crap for 50 years. How about you pay for your own? It turns out if you actually want to set up good incentives for people to make good health decisions, you have to make them own their own health decisions. So I'm actually not even opposed to that. But that's because I'm in favor of people taking responsibility for their health decisions, regardless of whether you're talking about heart disease or COVID. It's, it is amazing to watch the Biden administration shifting back toward all of the, the masking. Pol- Again, they've made it political. The notion that the right wing has made it political is just crazy. Ron DeSantis has been as pro-vaccine as any governor in America. Right now, I'm looking at the vaccination rates in in Florida. The vaccination rates in Florida, if you're 85 years old or older, 76% of that population has gotten one dose. 63% of that population has been fully vaccinated. If you're 75 to 84, 84% of that population has gotten at least one dose. The fully vaccinated constitute 72% of the population. If you're 70, 65 to 74, 89% of that population has gotten one dose. 77% of that population is fully vaccinated. And then it starts to decrease by age. So that by the time you get to, say, 25 to 34, only about 36% of that population has gotten a dose. Why? Because people are making decisions based on their age. In fact, the, the risk of COVID by age is, if everyone were unvaccinated, looks very much like the chart of vaccination because people respond to the incentive that COVID itself provides. Here is Ron DeSantis saying Florida is not going to require kids to mask because there is no rationale for this. There's been talk about potentially people advocating at the federal level imposing compulsory masks on kids. Uh, we, we're not doing that in Florida, okay? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, uh, we got to start putting our kids first. We got to look out for their education. Is it really comfortable? Is it really healthy for them to be muzzled? and have their breathing obstructed all day long in school? Uh, I don't think it is. And I look to think, yeah, I have a three-year-old son. You got people like Fauci saying he should be muzzled, that you should be throwing masks on these three-year-old kids. Uh, it's totally unacceptable. He is exactly correct about this, but this drove the White House and Jen Psaki to say DeSantis is putting kids at risk. If I were a parent in Florida, that would be greatly concerning to me. Uh, because kids under the age of 12 are not vaccinated. They're not eligible yet. As the president said last night, obviously it's going to be led by the FDA, but certainly we hope that will be soon. Uh, But that puts kids at risk. It's not aligned with public health guidelines. Uh, We know masks are not the most comfortable thing. I will say my kids are quite adjusted to them, as I know many kids are. Uh, So certainly we would have concern about any step that doesn't abide by public health guidelines, and we think it puts people at greater risk. Maddening and insane. Maddening and insane. Puts people at greater risk. Who? The kids? The kids have been getting this throughout the pandemic, and the kids are okay. Okay, by and large, kids are, are okay, much more okay with this than they are, by, by the way, from pneumonia. And, but in the end, here's the thing about the radicalism of the democratic public policy. It's all justified because Republicans are bad. Here was Joe Biden yesterday being asked a tough question and then saying, well, you know what? It doesn't matter because after all, Republicans think we're going to suck the blood out of children. Man, oh, man. Are there people who... Are there people in the Republican Party who think we're sucking the blood out of kids? I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Are there people in the Democratic Party who want to... In other words, they can be as radical as they want to be because Republicans are bad and all Republicans are QAnon and everyone in the Republican Party is crazy, so we never have to tackle our own radicalism. Okay, guys, you're going to pay the price for this in 2022. Go for it. Seriously, embrace the suck because it's coming and it's coming for you. 
We'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content first. You can't forget to end your week by checking out The Andrew Clavin Show. Drew's show is every Friday. He's got an exciting evening planned for you. So head on over to dailywire.com at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Tune in. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Knowles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Bradford Carrington. Post producer, Justin Barber. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. John Bickley here, editor-in-chief of The Daily Wire. Wake up every morning with our new show, Morning Wire. On today's episode, the Tokyo Olympics officially kick off. Hollywood attempts a box office comeback, and the new space race begins. Join us and get the facts first on the news you need to know with our show, Morning Wire. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.